Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fifth season, we are looking at Joe Johnston's 2011 film, Captain America, The First Avenger. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. Pete will be back next week. Today, we are talking about Minute 43, which begins with Steve taking the plunge and ends with Steve checking himself out. Joining us on the show today <laughs> is, again, the team from the Timeline, Timeline Scavengers podcast, Colin Parker and James Anderson. Hello, you two. Hey. Hello. Man, I've never noticed my arms are just, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. What's on? What's on? Uh, yeah, it, it's easy to be distracted. These guns are still loaded. I know. I totally understand. <laughs> He's like, you ran out of bullets, but these never run out. <laughs> I will never run out of these bullets, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, all right, we we learned the answer to the question that we had last week. Um, the fact that Steve can swim. Apparently, they just decided, you know what, that line isn't going to help us. He clearly knows how to swim because he can catch up to a submarine. Not only can he catch up to a car running uh, on the road, he can catch up to a submarine swimming uh, yes. under the water. That's right. Um, it's pretty impressive work. I don't know how does this play for the two of you uh, with Steve's dive and then chasing the submarine. This scene, I so the car thing. Okay, I kind of get, right? Because, again, they they claim that the fastest that he can run is 30 miles per hour, which is just a little faster than Usain Bolt. And, again, in a busy city, maybe that can work, right? The fastest German submarine in World War II could go 8.7 miles per hour when submerged. Mm. The world record swimming speed in the world currently is held by David Holmes Edgar, uh, at 5.05 miles per hour, which means that Steve essentially had to double that, which I feel like is even crazier than the running. Uh, and then punches a window underwater. <laughs> uh, like now, now we're really getting into some like actual, like James talking about the double jump. This is some real video game style, you know, work here. And let's also remember, he's swimming after a submarine that, and I know it's not like a rear propeller that is propelling it. It's got these side propellers on it. So maybe he's swimming like right between the jet stream created by those. Ah. But still, like that, that is something else that he also has to work against is the, the force of the propulsion from the, from those on the water. But what we have to remember is that he's very strong. <laughs> oh, okay, so, right, you're right. right. I, yeah, forgot, yeah, yeah. Okay. I forgot this was Captain America. You're right. <laughs> I thought this was just Steve Rogers' movie. He's no, 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 no. quite strong, and uh, so he can move the water. Is really gonna? Is that what yeah, it is? exactly. Yeah, the water also is very patriotic, so it just sort of gets out of the way. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, well, and yeah. the the water must also know that he's he's a German spy and is slowing him down. Then, right? Exactly. Right. Like yeah, uh, right. in Spider Man, this, this is New York water. Let's yeah. remember. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. He he was actually he had the break on. Uh, he forgot to. Yeah. <laughs> Why won't this go any um, faster? <laughs> um, he forgot to him lift punching anchors. the window. <laughs> Is right. <laughs> he just is sitting there, like, what is happening? Um, he was not paying attention during that training day. Um, him punching the window out, followed by, not to jump ahead, the human toss out of the water, are so like they're listen. They're so very far fetched and one hundred percent perfect for. The feel we're going for in this movie, 100% perfect. Yeah, he punched through the window. He's quite strong. He probably had his fist in an aerodynamic way that his very smart brain was like, 
if you punch like that, that window's doing nothing, you know? It's like that guy walking through the door, like that plate glass thing. He's like, you know, head, hip thing, you're done. It's the, you know, just got to know how to do it. So it works for me. In the script, it actually takes him a much longer time to smash through the window. He actually hits it time after time after time. The glass finally spiderwebs, and uh, then water pours in as the glass shatters. <sighs> I guess by <laughs> this point in the chase, I feel like, you know what? It's okay. I don't need to go through all that. It just it, make it fast and it will be fine. I guess I'm at that point with this chase where it's just like he's going to get the guy anyway. Let's just have him get the guy and not worry about not worry about all the possible actual realities going on with a, a submarine in the river. You know, if you told this story via word of mouth from witnesses, and the witnesses were like he was leaping. He was jumping over three cars at a time. I watched him jump over. I watched him take a fence. It was an eight-foot fence. I watched (laughs) it happen. This kid standing on the dock, shivering, you know, in some sort of Brooklyn towel or whatever. He's like, yeah. And then he he punched the window in one punch and just tossed him up on the dock. It was amazing. I think that that would be fantastic and also would solve all. All put everything under the under the, the the background of unreliable narrator or exciting storyteller. Then it doesn't matter, and it becomes even more like this is a legend among men. What I love about what you were just doing here is you basically turned this whole movie into Big Fish, where Captain America, like this, is the version of Captain America's nasty cop. life. <laughs> right, it all ties together. This is what he really wanted it to all be like. And then I tossed the guy out like he was nothing. Yeah. He's that like, old yeah. man at the end of Endgame the whole time. Yeah. This he's is, just telling these stories. And he's telling like some kid sitting at a park next to him. Then I had to go back in time and return the gems. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's waiting for Sam Wilson to come back. So he's just sitting there telling... Uh, Harvey Keener, <laughs> yeah. the story, and he's like, I've been here for so long. Why Why am I so here? Then I got Thor's hammer, and I said, Avengers. <laughs> like, he's like, what's that? <laughs> why, why didn't you say it louder? What? Why didn't you say it louder? <laughs> uh, anyway, so then... Here's we, a shield. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but can I ask a question to you, James? Do you think that he threw him out of the water from underwater? Why would I think otherwise? He was underwater, like, then he was out of the water. Because uh, kind of like other scenes that we've talked about where you cut out like a few seconds so that you don't watch the very long, like them swimming all the way to the top of the water. He very clearly is like hand on the ladder, reaching down, throw up, and then climb, 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 climb. Now that does solve the timing problem of he tosses him up from underwater and then doesn't even look where he lands and starts climbing up the ladder. If he's already kind of surfaced right. and is already up the ladder. He knows that he's just throwing him straight in front of himself. I don't like that as much though. But it's not as fun to you. Right, right. So in reality, yeah, he did that. And he really probably just lugged him up over sort of like mm. Oh gotcha. He actually but, just dragged yeah. him the whole time. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he never threw him. But uh yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. the most cartoony thing I think in this whole movie is the body flying up and being like, Whoa. 
it uh, makes me laugh. Well, there's a, there's a, there, yeah, with Captain America, there's a lot of moving through the air, uh, whether it's him or other people involved because of him. Uh, it, it turns into something that I guess becomes um, almost one of the elements that becomes part of anytime you're doing a superhero movie. You've got to, you've got to throw a guy and it, it you yeah. know, we, this is that chance. Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. How else will people know that you're very, very strong? Right, right, right. And they, they lean on that a lot in this movie. Because he doesn't have any like visible like power, like he can't shoot lasers out of his. I mean, he does, but like he does shoot lasers. He, he does not. <laughs> he does have no. he does have powers, but they are like right. I can punch super hard or think real good. We we talked about this a lot last week. Um, the fact that Steve is kind of designed to look like a normal person like we're never really meant to think oh this is the guy who uh has blue eyes like actually in the script when he gets the super soldier serum and you've got that shot of his face when his eyes open big they were going to actually turn his eyes blue and i thank god they didn't because it would have been like what is he now the blue hulk like it would have been a weird thing to do well but it would have been arianizing him yeah well yeah it's it's just like he's uber mentioning yeah so like it's very he's already that but so so they've they've chosen to not do anything like that with him and even diminishing like all those skills like the super hearing and the super seeing and and the things that he can do in the comics they really just made it he's just strong he's strong he's got incredible stamina and uh He's a hell of an artist. Yeah. Morals. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. All that. Um, yeah. Hell of an artist. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> the French film where he just like, he spends some time in Paris just drawing Hydra. <laughs> right. The, the, the Paris years. He drew every single one of those bases, by the way. They were like, could we just put them on the map? He's like, hang on. I have to show you exactly. Well, the sconce on this one is beautiful. And they're like, Steve, we are on Steve, a so, yeah. timeline. Come on, buddy. Come and Peggy's on. like, let him work. Right. <laughs> would yeah. you like to see the, Would you like to see the angry or the nasty cod? Yeah. I could draw that too. <laughs> yeah. Draw me, Steve. Draw me like one of your French bases. <laughs> uh, yeah. Phillips keeps trying to hound him and she's like, leave my boyfriend. I leave Captain Rogers alone. And he's like, what's that? Nothing. Keep going. He's like, Just okay. That's crazy. I wish he liked me. uh all right so well so so kruger gets tossed up by steve however Mm -hmm. it happens he gets tossed up (laughs) onto the pier uh this is you can see the building right behind it here this is the the titanic hotel this is this this whole thing is the stand-in for this new york pier that we're on um but yeah that you can see the hotel right across the way there which is uh kind of cool it's it's nice to think that like there's so much of a history with the titanic all in this area but um you would never know and i didn't even remember that we were talking about the titanic titanic before when i made that amazing titanic graph like two seconds ago <laughs> so that's just that's just the kind of podcast energy you I bring. just you just it's bring my it, yeah. invisible superpower right <laughs> right right but you telegraph it you don't make it subtle i th- right 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 i'm like here comes a man out of the water <laughs> there he is <laughs> it's just there it, but i i think it's fun because like then he gets up there too and he begins to peer pressure him into giving him some answers. Yes, that was a joke. He's just for you, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a peer. peer so it's peer 13 peer. pressure is really what we're getting here. Right, right. Yeah. Yes, the, the luckiest kind of peer pressure. Right. Yeah, peer 13 pressure. It, the 13 is in the the uh, the uh, brackets, you know, to say, like, this was, like, left out, but it's there. <laughs> uh-huh. Right, right. Yeah, it's like a journalistic right. Right. implication. Well, let's talk about, okay, Kruger has, um, he's been shot by Agent Carter. 
he's uh uh he went through he had a car accident where he rolled a number of times and has a big right. gash on his forehead uh he just nearly i i don't know i'd like to think maybe he nearly drowned but steve you know managed to pull him out he he tosses uh, steve toss and then he is tossed out for, however yeah. from the water to the pier um and right. he still has the the energy and the gumption to pull a knife out and start slashing at steve who of course knees him in the chest and this is what finally uh sends kruger down uh, i feel like you know do you do you think that maybe this was actually a great person to send like it seems like this this guy could have gotten away with it you know i mean he if it wasn't for you pesky kids i mean he really did a, an admirable admirable job of of whatever it was that uh uh, Sh- uh, Schmidt had sent him to do. I guess he sent him to what? To kill to kill uh, Erskine and get the um, super soldier and get serum. the super soldier serum. So, of course, neither of them notice that the vial gets smashed. But we do lose the vial here. And like also, you know, adding on to those injuries, when he lands, he lands hard on his back, and I think I feel like there's no way his head didn't smash into the concrete in that moment. He lands, he, well, he lands on his front. You mean right oh, here? He does. Oh, I thought he lands on his back for some reason. Yeah, no, he comes down, uh, like, he belly flops onto it, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, you're right, because he comes up, he comes up like that, yeah. Like, well, yeah, uh, he's traveling so fast it air dries him, because he's not Yeah, he's not dripping wet, wet. anymore. <laughs> Neither is Steve, yeah. Neither is Steve. Steve. Steve shook himself like a dog. It was, yeah, yeah that's one exactly, of his skills. Exactly, yeah. Okay, forget what yeah. I said about him landing on his back, because for some reason, like, in my head, he clearly landed and then, like, has to, like, scramble to get up, but now I'm seeing it again in my mind's eye, and I'm going, yeah, no, I... I I remember that wrong, but still, like he's he's just getting tossed around, and I feel like normally most people would be like, "All right, you got me. All right, yeah, that's there's no way I'm getting out of this." But the fact that he continues to be like, "All right, fine, now it's knife time," you know, like you're like, "All right, right. this like he's like the lighters didn't work, the gun didn't work, maybe this one will." He's the Steve Rogers of Hydra. Yeah, he's he's a Hydra Terminator, is what he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, I, I can do this all day, you know, t- unless I die, unless I, well, unless I to yeah. a certain point, And then there's, and then the, I have a tooth. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, okay. Steve, Steve Rogers on both sides. There's so many Steve Rogers here. What, um, so he is going to kill himself. Let's, before he bites his cyanide capsule, let's talk a little bit about this whole Hydra thing. He says, when Steve says, who the hell are you? He says the first of many cut off one head, two more shall take its place. Hail Hydra. Um, this is the first time we're hearing this. And if you look at the Hydra logo, it, uh, you know, as we talked about at the very beginning of this show, it makes no sense because it's a skull with an octopus tentacles, six, six tentacles. It's not a skull with a whole bunch of other skulls on necks, which seems like it should be. Um, I don't know. What do you think of the Hydra branding? Let's talk about that first. Do you like do you like the logo or and, and does the logo work while representing Hydra? When I was a kid, we had this pillow that was the joke was that the cow was uh, dead and feet were up in the air. And it said, like, everything's going great. But we had these cleaners that didn't couldn't they didn't speak English. They couldn't read the pillow. So they always put it so that the cow looked appeared to be standing on the on the on the ground. I think that whoever drew the like skull on the octopus head had the thing upside down and the tentacles were originally supposed to be hydra heads and they're like draw the skulls on the hydra heads but they got it and they're like oh it's like an octopus i got it draw a skull right here and they're like 
Well, all right, fine, whatever. If I guess. was like, great, and they're like, oh, but with the, uh, but we don't have the. It's fine. I think that <laughs> the whole thing about Hydra and like what they're kind of going for there is it's not the actual like like think of um you know the Hercules Disney film right when yep. he fights Hydra and he literally does cut off the head and two come out right yeah it's the thing is that like both in Agents of Shield which is canon or not canon who knows in What If which is definitely canon just different universe things like that even in the comics. There is a element, a creature that they are basing this logo off of, which does not grow another head, but it has just endless tentacles. But like, what sounds more intimidating? Cut off one tentacle and two more shall take its place. Or <laughs> but why? cut off one head, right? Because in this instance, like they, they themselves are the limb and to them, you know, the, you know. But come up with a different phrase, catchphrase. If you're not going to do, because the Hydra did do that. Well, yeah, and, and that's where it gets confusing. Because uh, is there a different Hydra that you were talking about? The one that has the the tons of tentacles. Uh, so the creature that's the Kraken. Well, no, but I mean, like it is the the creature that they base all of their logos and stuff like that off of. Uh, it depends on the universe that you look at, but like uh, in Agents of Shield, Hive um, is this thing that has a bunch of tentacles, and like it is a thing that. The reason I think where they kind of come up with this name or idea of is that every time he quote unquote dies, he then is able to inhabit some other entity. So it's like he always kind of comes back, which is where this idea sort of comes from. Um, but then also within uh, what if and everything like that, they have this champion, this creature that is also, I believe, just called Hydra, if I'm not mistaken, at least in in the what if zone uh world or whatever and like when they open this gateway there's just thousands of tentacles that come out and you never see the head of the creature and then she keeps slicing off limbs and they just sort of fall to the ground and then it's like okay cool here's here's a few more for you to tangle with um so i mean their logo doesn't the logo to the title or not title the like slogan doesn't exactly make sense but it is honestly it's a pretty good logo though i mean it looks pretty oh, cool yeah it's fantastic. I love the the way that they came up with it. And it's, I mean, it's, it is a super cool logo. I think the skull is also Red Skull, too, though, right? Like, in this instance, like, because he's kind of, I mean, it, it existed before them, technically, but, like. There is, like, Nazi, uh, you know, pins that have a skull and, cro like, almost a skull and crossbones sort of look. So, I mean, they, it does feel very much like they kind of pulled it from elements of Nazi uh, kind of, uh designs um but yeah and and the fact that it ties into red skull i don't know how intentional that was but it certainly feels like it all kind of comes from the same you know period of time they said let's design this this hydra thing is cool uh you've got a red skull let's put that a uh, skull on there let's have a bunch of tentacles like a you know like it feels like you can see them workshopping this i had not i don't know if if Colin, you did the research on this or, or, or what when we did our thing, I'd never looked this up before. They were originally called the Brotherhood of the Spear, and then they renamed themselves after this monster, the Lernian Hydra, which is a is a spawn of the Titan Typhon and the snake goddess Echidna. Um, it has all this whole this whole big thing. Of course, this isn't until 1985 they were retconning this, but like. I like the idea that they were like, because I saw a thing that was like, 
they called themselves the beast or they were called the beast for a long time. And then it was like, they have tentacles in every part of like, they have in like private sector and government, all this stuff, tentacles there, but they're also like, you know, heads of government. And so that the head, that multi heads becomes a thing. If we're breaking sort of the fiction of it, it feels like in the forties they they forgot what was what and what was the other thing. But like I like the idea that it it's just like I don't know this is kind of creepy. There's tentacles, but they're also heads. All this stuff. But the Hydra is named after this this actual thing that is on the the Marvel Wiki, which is kind of cool. That is the same one that Hercules fought. Apparently. Right. And there's a lot of really cool stuff too. Like if you ever look up like the evolution of the Hydra logo within MCU specifically, I think is pretty interesting because they show how things shifted and changed throughout time. So initially their logo, which I, again, they, I don't think in MCU they ever used the beast, um, but they, their original logo was basically the head of a sacrificial ram. Um, and then they had one where it got a little bit more like intricate and kind of like almost like demonic. Uh, but then essentially the coin was flipped because they, they would have this thing where it gets like a little bit messed up and you realize that it looks now kind of like there's a skull at the bottom of it. Uh, and then they sort of redesign it when um, red skull comes into power and the skull itself is supposed to, especially because they turn it into red and black, which was not their original coloration. They then kind of it ends up sort of replicating the literal red skull. Um, and then they specifically lean into the Hydra creature by changing how the tentacles appear to remind us of the Hydra's heads as if the, the tentacles could also be like the necks essentially um, of this thing, which I think is, and it all leads up to one head that is kind of like in charge or whatever. That feels like a lot of people over time trying to come up with exactly what we're talking about right yeah. now. Like, how does this actually make any sense? The, the Marvel Wiki has uh, a, you know. <laughs> a hilarious last piece of trivia uh, that is all the, like it says, Hydra is a pastiche of the would-be world conquerors of Spectre from the James Bond franchise. Itself influenced the creation of several, oh, Hydra influenced the creation of Cobra, the death cult Cobra with a K from DC Comics, all this stuff where it's like, hey, there's lots of uh, organizations that have monsters as as mascots, and here's this list. I love that kind of stuff on a wiki where it's like, here's a list of stuff, like influences and influence. But the, the thing that you're getting at, too, Andy, is that I think that's kind of also the interesting factor of organizations, especially secret ones that last for very long periods of time. Is that like as new people come into power um, or as they get discovered and like factions die off or new ones take their place, like new meanings or new ideals sort of get added on and like they kind of shift things into this new like their like their new self kind of thing, like almost like they are, you know, unironically kind of being like new year, new me, like, you know, here's like here's what Hydra is now. Um, and like, you know, as someone new steps into power, they go, okay, cool. This is all great, but how can I make it just a little bit more about me and like how I want these things to run? Uh, and so like in this era you have, um, Red Skull and like they are all 100% on board with his vision and his idea of world domination. There's, yeah, I mean, there's a, a really interesting German film called The Bader Meinhof Complex, came out in 2008. Yeah. I, I, you know, I heard of that recently and I feel like it's coming up all the time. 
it's I mean, that's kind of what it's about. It's it's it starts off in the 60s and it's about this like a far left terrorist in Germany, but it follows them over like I think it's a decade and you see how what they're going for initially evolves so much. So by the time the people who started it, like get out of prison and come back, it is something so much darker and more menacing than they had ever set out to do. Yeah. And, but, but, but it came from the same thinking. It's just, it evolved in a different way because of other people who were leading at the time, at the time. And it is kind of that same thing with this, where it's like, you know, people who were leading it and they, they would come up with these things like, you know, it's, it's like this Hydra, you know, cut off one head, two more shall take its place. And, and I'm sure somebody's like, no, 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 that's not what we were doing with the Hydra. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, but they're all still like, hail Hydra. Yeah. It's so. it's called the Bader-Meinhof Complex. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great movie. Great that's movie. so like because like the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon is that thing where it's like I read about this thing and now I see it absolutely everywhere because it, it's named after the two psychologists who did it or it's named after like, I don't remember, but like it it's the thing of like, you know ever you know when you start looking for like the number 23 when you start looking for the number 23 and stuff you see the number 23 everywhere because your brain is now attuned to seeing that so i wonder what that has now i want to see that movie just to be like interesting why'd you call it that cool so i'm gonna have to check that out well and they were known as the bader Minoff group so i don't know i i i would need to look more into it uh but yeah there's the you're probably thinking of the bader minoff effect, oh, effect. okay which is that it's it's the frequency complex, right. illusion right, right. Yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah 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 got it it's all very interesting it's all oh yeah i love that kind of stuff yeah no absolutely and also the the the, the, the let's call it boldness let's call it hubris of being like you know that thing i'm gonna name it after myself that's a that's a james anderson effect right there <laughs> well Okay, so so we've been talking a lot about kind of this whole moment with the Hydra and stuff, but the moment ends with Kruger popping out one of his teeth and clamping down on it because it is, in fact, a cyanide capsule. What do you two know about cyanide capsules and teeth? Well, I did a little bit of research on before I, because uh, I was like, is that a thing? And there, there's this, there's this cool Atlas Obscura um, article from 2018 about it. But before, uh, you know, before that, I found a, a blog from trustdentalcare.com that says much of the same information. And I think, <laughs> I think that is the most hilarious, amazing thing. They're like, all right, trust dental care blog post of the day, cyanide teeth. Let's get into it. Um, basically, they're the, the conclusion that atlas obscura comes to is they'd have to be so huge they would look ridiculous and they wouldn't fit in your mouth to get the amount of cyanide <laughs> like in a capsule that would kill you it, it's it's too big but they all they said there are um actual people that would put uh in the temple of their glasses which i think it's funny because kruger has glasses right so doesn't he yeah or does fred clemson that. has glasses yeah. Fred yeah. Clemson had glasses. Yeah. He's yeah. he's since lost. But so like they, there are places. Uh, ends of pens also had cyanide capsules in them. But teeth are they're like no. Which I think is good because what if you bit into something particularly hard and like an apple? Like yeah. oh no, that apple boy, that was sure a rough apple for James because he straight up died. And I'm like oh my tooth. You know we talked earlier. This is a joke I've been sitting on for ages. I apologize, but. Uh, you know, <laughs> Colin, my, my expectations are sky high. Great. Then this will go perfect. Uh, I, my, my favorite part about this cyanide bill, right. Is that he just gets 
beaten up at every single turn. And he knows that it's time to give in. Okay. And he knows that it's time because it's 2.30. Um, gotcha. That's the dentist yeah. favorite time. I like that. That's yeah, good. There you go. I thought you were going to go for like an I'll be CNU. Oh, see, yeah, that's also good. Because CN is the abbreviation for cyanide. It's the chemical joke. But you said the other thing. I didn't thing. say it was actually going to be a good joke. I just like earlier, I was like, okay, he's beat up. He does the thing. He's hurting. Okay, 2.30. Great. I'll, I'll find a time to throw Wait, that out. You, you've heard that <laughs> yeah, joke before, yeah, yeah. Though, right? Okay, I good, didn't good, make good, it good. up. I'm I was just like, saying, did you organically come to no, 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 2.30? No, that would that's be amazing, amazing, wouldn't it? If I was like somehow so dumb that I just stumbled into it. All right, well, tell the joke now, because I don't know if I know the joke. Oh, what's a dentist's favorite time? And it's 2.30. I like the idea that all of his teeth are cyanide, and he just got the one that was knocked loose by Captain America punching him. Is that like, uh, this is like the guy who has multiples of everything. He's got all right. of these lighters. He's got all of these cyanide capsules in case he, he needs to pass them around to a group of people or yeah. something. This is, mm, okay. Colin, yeah. this is, we've designed this villain for anxiety. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heinz backup plan Kruger. Because, <laughs> right. you know, he, get, he gets punched and like, it's really weird that it doesn't get really knocked. But like, he like just takes it out with his tongue, which I feel like is, he's got a strong tongue. He doesn't get punched. He gets he gets kneed in the chest. Does he never get punched whatsoever? No, he gets. I mean, he goes through a car accident and everything, but he gets shot. He. I mean, no one ever gets close to him. The first time anyone gets close to him is when Steve grabs him. I mean, technically, I guess the his fist in the in the window. He just punches the window and he he pulls him because in my head I was like he definitely like gets up in there, but I realize now rips the lid off. Yeah. It's like the the yeah. water pressure. Like it was like a water pick. It loosened the tooth. Yeah, for sure. That's. The, uh, do you guys know much about like cyanide death? Have you? Is this something that you've heard much about? Yeah, because I mean, it was a thing. There were people. I mean, there wasn't teeth, but I mean, yeah. there were people during World War II. I mean, it's very famous. I like. There was a guy here. I, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. There was a guy, Michael Marin. I don't know if you recall this back in 2012. He was, um, uh, I, I can't remember what. I think he was a real estate guy who um, was committing arson and he was burning down. I think he burned down his own house okay. at, trying to get insurance for it. And he was found guilty and faced uh, like he was going to be convicted. And as soon as they said that, like it was like up to 21 years in prison. As soon as they said that, suddenly he put something in his mouth, drank some water, fell to the floor and was convulsing. And they took him to the hospital and he was dead. He had uh, ingested cyanide. That I didn't know people actually like were still doing that. It, it, I don't know why it seemed like something that happened back in the World War era yeah but i was really surprised that like right then in 2012 this guy in court here in town killed himself by ingesting cyanide does phoenix have incredibly draconian arson or insurance fraud laws like what's <laughs> there was a period here in town where a lot of arson was happening like a lot of properties were getting burned yeah. down for uh you know for real estate and stuff and well for real estate and for growth people were trying like there were environmental terrorists who were burning new properties down and all that stuff right so they're like drawn quarter them yeah that pretty much yeah we all we all we all all would go out and cheer as they right. would uh, exactly you know, yeah, uh, yeah you know pull all their limbs off yeah, yeah. four horses a phoenix great. horse race they used to call it but like this guy was just trying to say that it was a cigarette but like we know that it was for the insurance yeah 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a Wonder Years reference. That one's that's for good. James. That's good, Colin. That's a Wonder Years the okay. band. Yeah, it's a, it's a lyrics. Oh, um, okay. But, I know that from uh, chemistry. I am a chemistry major. That it basically cyanide uh, prevents your body from being able to uh, take in oxygen, and like you basically, I think, suffocate in your own whole deal. Uh, I used to uh, test for cyanide at my environmental lab, and you would have to make sure you did. Uh, it in the hood because it you know it was cyanide but like you know it's tough because you have like standards that you have to put in to make sure you're testing it right and stuff so it's like okay i guess i'll take this bit of cyanide and pour it in a little bit so wow that's wear gloves you know howard stark says wear your lab coat so but don't bother with safety glasses like everyone else wears because like what's the glass gonna do break (laughs) 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 who is who's behind the glass captain america i don't think so I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Well, this minute ends. Uh, we've got, you know, a dead uh, Hydra spy lying on the pier. We've got a great shot then of Chris, uh, of Steve Rogers. I was going to call him Chris Rogers, uh, of Steve Rogers. Um, as he finally notices himself and realizes, I did all this. Like, he finally realizes how strong he is. I love that we've got a little CG uh, uh, Statue of Liberty far, far in the distance. It's nice to kind of, like, get that little nod that, you know, we are we are here, supposedly, in New York, looking from Brooklyn over to uh, the Statue of Liberty. It's famous for making things that establish locations. Uh, the Statue that's of Liberty. They, that's exactly <laughs> what they do. Yeah. Statue of Liberty and, uh, and Eiffel, Eiffel Tower. Tower. Yeah. Leaning Tower of Pisa and uh, the Hollywood sign. All these things. They made the Hollywood sign? All these things come from France. Yeah. Yeah. Le Hollywood, they called it. <laughs> All right. Well, this is where our minute ends with Steve checking himself out, realizing his powers. Uh, any last thoughts from either of you about this minute? Uh, that's it. All right. Well, remind everybody about your podcast and where they can find more about you and what you two are up to on your network. Absolutely. Uh, so we are part of Timeline Scavengers, which is a podcast that is designed to last forever. It's a show where we go through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene until the end of time. Uh, currently, we are also going through Captain America. Uh, so just kind of a, a great little chance to meet up here in the middle. Uh, and we are also part of a podcast network called the Scavengers Network, which is host to uh, a variety of other shows. Some of them also media uh, and like rewatch type situations. Um, but then there's also things like uh, actual plays, um, there are music podcasts. Uh, there is a show uh, that is, I mean, again, it's still media, but there's something kind of about, you know, murder mystery. So like a little bit of like text and also visual things. Um, not that text isn't visual, but I mean, like TVs and movies, um, TV shows and movies. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, again, then you have um, our show. So a good little variety of stuff over at the scavengers network and timeline scavengers. Excellent. We've got the link for, uh, for all sorts of stuff from them over in our show notes. So just check that out. You can uh, follow them and, and learn more about all the podcasts they do, see what they're doing on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And we will be back tomorrow to talk about Minute 44 right here on, on the Marvel Movie Minute. So until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Spread the News by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. 
Find the show at truestory.fm. And if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show.